This is Cammie. And this is Madeline. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number 121. Hey, Madeline. So what do you think people are saying about us out there? Which people? You know, all the people. Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? This episode is brought to you by the Communities That Convert Facebook group. Come join us in our private group because it's the place where we continue the conversation from here. All you have to do is go to Facebook and look up Communities That Convert and look for the groups, or you can go directly there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Communities That Convert. And be sure to use our secret word, action. Yeah, action. We all lean towards some kind of self-limiting beliefs, even when we are successful. So today we'll be talking about how to remove six stumbling blocks to your success. But first, let me frame this a bit. You're more likely to believe a negative outcome than a positive one. Our brains are just wired that way. So enter the negativity bias. And we're going to have a link in the show notes for the Wikipedia version of this. We're going to read a little bit of what it says in Wikipedia about the negativity bias. It says, the negativity bias, also known as a negativity effect, is a notion that even when of equal intensity, things of a more negative nature, for example, unpleasant thoughts, emotions, or social interactions, harmful or traumatic events, they have a greater effect on one's psychological state and processes than neutral or positive things. In other words, something very positive will generally have less of an impact on a person's behavior behavior and cognition than something equally emotional, but negative. So interesting. So true. I mean, I think about that because, you know, I'll have a week and everything goes really great, but one thing will go wrong and I'll like fixate on that one thing that went wrong. Right. It's so bad. In fact, I've gotten much better about writing down my wins. So in my full focus planner, one of the things that they ask us to do at the end of each week is to write down your successes for the week. And sometimes I literally have to go back day by day to figure out what those successes were because I forget that I had any. (laughs) It's crazy. It's like human Um, nature is so weird. Yeah, it is. And so because of that, and because we have to overcome those things, we wanted to talk about how to remove six stumbling blocks. But as a part of that, I want to kind of tell you something that I learned kind of recently, and I just want to share with you. And it's this idea that we're kind of like carbonated beverages in bottles. So think about your favorite carbonated beverage. I mean, whether that's whatever it is. I like, I drink a lot of carbonated water, you know, the kind that's flavored. And yeah, those are popular. Uh, I love it. And it makes me feel very like, you know, fancy <laughs> with my like, dinner. Like Perrier, like, the, like how yes, the whole Perrier, like Perrier thing was in the 80s. Yep. Exactly. Well, and now coming back here, that's what we do. So I get the AGB kind though, but you know, it's just a bit cheaper. <laughs> so... If you have a bottle, it is full of carbonation. That's a lot of what they call kinetic or potential energy in the bottle because there's this gas that's in the bottle. And when we feel pressured, it's like someone shaking the bottle, you know, and the pressure is building up. And 
all of us know that what happens if you open the cap of a bottle that you just shook up? Watch out. Yeah, it's going to be a disaster, right? It's going to be a complete disaster. But we also know that if you slowly open the cap and then shut it and then open it and let off the gas a little bit at a time, pretty soon you can open it completely without any issues, right? Oh, totally. So when we focus on our fears, we exacerbate the problem and we make it worse. It's just like shaking the bottle. So the more we focus, the more we're shaking that bottle. We're, we're building up that pressure. So it's really interesting that you know, you got to think about it as far as like letting the bubbles calm down before you try to open the bottle. So the more you focus on those things that are negative, the more kinetic energy is in the bottle, the more likely that there's going to be a disaster if you open it too fast. So let me reframe this a little bit with something my kids go to a voice teacher that I love. She's an amazing voice teacher. And I heard her talking about this on there. And I'm also a singer, as you know, and I definitely know that this is true, that every time you go on stage to sing or to speak or whatever you do, there's going to be this nervous energy, you know, it, and, and you can reframe that any way you want. So you can think of it as negative, like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous and I'm sweating and I'm terrible. Or you can think about it as excitement, you know, like this is, I'm ready to go. My body knows I'm ready to go out and perform. And how do you channel that energy into the task at hand? She talks about channeling it into your breath so that your breath becomes, you know, part of that energy. So how can you do that? We've come up with a few of the most common fears that we've experienced over the years and ways that you can reframe those fears to have them work in your favor. And also, I was listening to Donald Miller. I've been listening to him a lot lately. He's the founder of StoryBrand. He's got a great podcast and he's got these cute little messages he sends out every day. And one of them that he came up with was talking about how being an underdog is actually a strength. So I think that's really an interesting point of view because we often think of like, oh, I'll never make it because all these people have been out there forever and I'm coming in late to the party and all of these things kind of swirl in our head that are very negative. But if you think about the stories that have been successful throughout the ages, they're often of underdogs, right? They're often of people that overcame the odds and people love a good underdog story, right? And so here's the thing. If you are the underdog, people don't expect much of you, really. They're like, oh my gosh, they did great. Whereas if you're the person who's the top of the market, people are looking at you and saying, they expect great things of you. And if you don't meet that expectation, it's it's hard too. So being the underdog and always having an underdog mentality, even when you're famous, that's what he was talking about. I love that. That idea of always being scrappy, always doing stuff. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We have a couple of things throughout these six stumbling blocks and how you can remove them that will help you kind of keep that mentality, right? Oh, for sure. So let's let's start talking about these, um, you know, how to remove these six stumbling blocks to your success. And we're going to talk about, you know, the stumbling block. And we're also going to talk about, you know, reframing it and a practical step. So I think you guys are going to find this really helpful. So let's start with number one, fear of being criticized. Often the people we worry about criticizing us are peers or loved ones. They're not the people we help. So we want to reframe this over to this. Attract people who are your tribe and repel those who are not. You want to tell yourself, I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but I'm committed to helping these specific people. I think that makes really great sense there. And a practical step is to define your audience more specifically and how you can help them. 
talk with them and get feedback. You know, I have a private Facebook group. It's very small, but I use it for feedback. And it is so helpful, Cami. There's been so many times where I'm trying to make sure I'm on track. I'm connecting with the right people, trying not to be all things to everyone. And little things like that can really help. So, you know, we talk about in depth about how to overcome the fear of what people think in episode 102 of this podcast is called Overcoming Your Fear of What People Think. We'll have the link over in the show notes. Yeah. So if that's your particular fear, definitely dive all the way deep into this because we have a lot more in there about this specific one. And we're going to cover six in this episode. But I do think that that fear of being criticized, you really do have to think of it instead of thinking, oh, I don't care what people think. I don't think that ever works. You know, the the negative way of thinking of it is never going to work because you're going to, the more you say, don't think of something. Have you ever seen a sign where it says, don't touch this? Uh huh. And what do you want to do? You want to touch it? Absolutely. Immediately you want to touch it. So you don't want to tell yourself, don't worry about what people think. Because I think it's just human nature to worry about what people think. But instead think, how can I work with the people who I am actually helping? And what they think is actually really important. But what your friends and neighbors and, you know, the people who will never buy anything from you think is, you know, is less important. So you want to think about the people who really matter. I love that so much. Me too. Okay, so the second fear is the fear of being overwhelmed. This is a huge stumbling block, that overwhelm feeling. And I know so many people feel overwhelmed when they start to take on a huge task. So we fear that the thing we want to do will overwhelm us, or we may be feeling overwhelmed, and then we just stop, right? So I think that that happens so often. And it's definitely happened to me, that feeling of just being like, oh, I'm not sure I can take this whole thing on. But what I've learned is that when I feel overwhelmed, it means that I am learning something new. So you can just tell yourself, this is great. I'm feeling overwhelmed. That means I'm learning something new. And I was just talking to you about this before we started. Right now, I'm kind of feeling that way, to be honest, this overwhelm, because I'm launching a new online course for the first time, which is Smart Social Secrets. And I've put it off for a long time, actually, for lots of these stumbling block reasons, which are just stories we tell ourselves, right? These stumbling blocks. And this one has been kind of big for me. And what I've been thinking is, you know what? Once I have this up and running, then it's done, right? It's over with. So this is a season, you know, that, that I'm, I'm going through. So what I've been doing for a practical step is that I break it down in steps in order to make the tasks more feel more doable. So instead of thinking I have to do this entire program, I think I need to get module one complete this week. I know I do because I'm delivering it on Thursday to a client. So I know it has to be done. So, you know, breaking it down into these smaller steps is super helpful. Also, hire someone or enlist a partner to help you with the parts that seem they would take too much time and are not interesting to you. So take this podcast, for example. I've always wanted to have a podcast, but I felt a little overwhelmed by the tech side of it and just the idea of how big of a project it is. It does take a lot of time. There's no doubt. But having a partner like you, Madeline, made it feel doable. So getting a partner or hiring someone, depending on how, you know, where you're at, those are really, really important steps. So break it down into steps and get somebody to help you. I think those two are really good practical steps to get over the overwhelm. Absolutely. You know, with my Twitter Smarter Chat, some people may be surprised to know that I do the promo images and the and the question images myself each week. It's just a template in Photoshop, but I have to take time to go and put all the new information in week to week. And it's a little time consuming. And I have felt overwhelmed with the chat. And recently, actually last week, I hired someone who's going to do that part of it for me. And that just makes me not feel as overwhelmed. And just, you know, looking at all the different things in front of me and what can I have someone else help me with is amazing. It's an amazing feeling. 
It is. It totally is. And I, I did the same thing with my smart social secrets. I hired someone who's helping me with Kajabi because I mean, they're putting all of the stuff into Kajabi for me. I mean, that's just taken so much off of my plate. And if somebody doesn't know what Kajabi is, tell them what that is. Oh, Kajabi. I'm sorry. That is a, a program where you can put your online courses and there's other ones too, like Teachable and so on. So I've gone with Kajabi recently because I feel like it's just got all the things that I need in order to make it work. all the bells and whistles. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's fully loaded. We'll have links to it in the show notes. Now, y'all have heard me over these past couple of years on this podcast talk about Thinkific, which I've used for a very long time. But yeah. I'm actually going to switch over to Kajabi. I, I've been wanting, wanting to try it. As Kami says, it has all the bells and whistles. It has things that I can't get on the other platforms. So I'm actually going to be putting out my Twitter Smarter Masterclass on it next month and starting it on Kajabi and then see how it goes. And then I'll add my other courses to it. So really looking forward to it. Kami, it's so cool how we're both like you're already using Kajabi, you're setting it up and I'm about to start using it to set mine up. And yeah, we'll be able to report back to everyone and maybe even do an episode about it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So uh, let's move over to number three, fear of change. Now, we all know change is always uncomfortable at first, and we might feel like it's much easier to stay where we are. I mean, that's kind of like human nature. But as the old saying goes, if it's not broken, don't fix it. However, this old adage doesn't always take into account that this approach means you will never reach your goals that are outside of your comfort zone. And we want to get outside. We want to get outside (laughs) that comfort zone. So we want to reframe it to being a little or maybe even a lot uncomfortable. And it means that I'm on the right track. So a practical step, how about you create a clear vision of the change that you want to make in the world that helps you to invite other people into your world? I mean, think about that. That's awesome. And it's doable. You can do it. It is. We believe in you. Yeah, we totally believe in you. And actually, I was looking at this for my course as well. And one of my my coaches actually really pushed me towards doing this. And I came up with this idea that I want to help a thousand people who want to build their online tribe to a thousand true fans. Because all you really need is a thousand true fans to have a business. You may have to have more people on your list to have a thousand true fans. But the truth is, is that if you can find a thousand people who kind of follow what you do and support you and really love anything that you put out because it's for them, you know, it's made for them specifically. What if I could do that? If I could help a thousand of, of you out there to build a tribe of a thousand true fans, that impact would be a million people. That's awesome. I love it. Something I can't do alone, right? It's something that I need to enlist other people to come into that vision. So number four, here's the number four stumbling block. And I think it's a big one. And that's the fear of the impact on loved ones. So when you're up to something big in the world, it's most likely going to take you a lot of time. I mean, it's going to take a lot of time from your schedule. You might feel that you can't do it because you have small children or an aging parent or any number of other responsibilities to your family and you don't have the time to give. So I've been there because I have three kids. They are getting much older now. And when they were little, I always had this excuse that they were little and they needed me to do all the stuff for them. And now that they're older, I have to drive them everywhere. So it's still the same, right? So I have these small kids and and I have a family and I have a business. I'm also running a an agency and I've got employees and there's just a lot of things. So you feel like I don't want to like do too much because I don't want to impact my family. But one of the things, a couple of things that we've done, and I'll get to my big reframe, but I've enlisted my family in my dream. So as far back as I can remember, I've brought my children to social media breakfast when I, whenever they were home and I was home, instead of saying, I can't do it, I just brought them with me. And not only did I bring them, I actually had them do stuff while they were there, like unload the truck and put things up and help with the audio and 
we were talking about a couple of years ago when you first started, started coming to social media breakfast, you brought your son with you too. That was yeah, because it was a school holiday that day and I didn't want that to stop me from going. Mm-hmm. So I brought yeah. him along and he was a teenager at the time. I said, hey, you'll probably learn some cool new things. And I, I think he did that day. So yeah, it was a win-win. Cool. Awesome. And you can also, again, hire and list somebody to help. So even one to two hours a day will move you toward your dream. Like you can have somebody come in and keep care of the kids or your aging parent. We can talk about your aging parent. You've got one too, um, just for a couple hours a day. So I would reframe this to saying my dream being realized will have a positive impact on my family and start thinking of ways that your dream can positively impact your family instead of ruminating and shaking the bottle and building up the pressure on how it will harm them and so on. So how can you enlist your family into your dream? And I know not all of you can, and some people might not, but and I'll tell you how to deal with that in just a second. But as you think of ways to enlist your family or hire other people to enlist or hire or enlist other people to help you, write these things down like on a piece of paper and just start thinking of different ways you can manage that. In fact, I just had my daughter. She's starting to do data entry for me and put all of like my contacts into my database. So, I mean, there's That's awesome. She's 11. So, I mean, you know, she's not that old. And my son, as you know, is for many years has been helping me with video and he's done a lot of video editing for me. And by the way, that's really made him interested in photography, video editing. He's working now on, on the yearbook in his high school. So there's a lot of cool stuff that's come out of that for him. It's enriched his life. And I started him pretty young too. He started about 10, 11 too, like my daughter. And so if your family members are negative about your dream, you may have to refrain from sharing a lot of stuff with them right now, as far as, you know, just bouncing things off of them. I mean, you can give them generals, but just show them and don't tell them. Go ahead and get your success. And believe me, your family will come along. Because oftentimes, if they're negative, they're they're just trying to protect you from failure. You know, that's really absolutely. It's their own, you know, limiting beliefs that are causing that. So I would say, you know, the best way to manage it is be successful. (laughs) That's the best way. And, you know, if you need to hire somebody like a neighborhood kid to watch your kids for a bit or your pet or your mom or whoever it is that you need uh, help with, do it. Because even those little bits of time will move you towards your dream much more quickly than if you don't. That's so true, Kimmy. And, you know, I have a little story to add to that. You know, I've been taking care of my aging mother and I'm, you know, been very concerned about the impact on her with the amount of work I do. So I do have help, but I was realizing it wasn't really enough. And the the way I found that out was last year, last summer, I I had appendicitis. Like, that's one way to figure out like where you're at, because I was forced to not be allowed to help take care of my mom for three weeks. The doctor says, you know, appendicitis is a big deal. Had to have surgery. And they said, three weeks, can't do it. So I had no choice but to hire extra help for evenings and weekends when normally that would be when I'm taking care of my mom. And that means I was working that much less. Normally, I work a lot of hours. So it really opened up my eyes. And once I recovered, what I did, Cammy, I was was like, oh, I really like having time on the weekend to work or run errands or just have more flexibility. So I decided to keep one of the caregivers on for the weekends so I could have that extra time to work towards my dream. And that really kind of goes into our next one, number five. But before you do, I want to say something. Because I just, that just like, something came on in my brain. Yeah, a light bulb just came on. I'm sorry. But that really is another thing about this. And that's called Parkinson's law. And that's the idea that your time will expand to the to the amount of time you have. So you can get stuff done quicker if you limit your time. 
So that is actually something that, that scientists have noticed. Like the more time you give yourself, the longer it takes to get something done. Oh my gosh, totally. Yeah, it's so true. And so one of the things that's really good about like some of these limitations is if you look at them as positives. So some of the things you've done and I've done too is also having cutoffs, you know. So I stop working at a certain time every day and I move on. And then I may come back to it later in the evening, but I am absolutely committed to working, spending a certain amount of time with my family. So keeping them separate. And that's why it's really important to get these two hour periods or whatever to work because those during those times, you can get a lot done if you know that's all you've got. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's super smart. I lo- I'm so glad you mentioned that. So mm-hmm. true. So moving over to number five, the feeling of being stuck or the fear that you will stay stuck. So sometimes things take longer than we would hope. And especially when we're up against an obstacle, just like what you're talking about, Cammie. I mean, you know, sometimes we got to get a lot done in a short period of time. Often we are feeling stuck and we think that it will never change and it will be stuck forever. That's exactly how I was feeling all last year, taking care of my aging parent and, you know, getting older. She's getting older, requiring more help. And I had to put more of my time into that. So I really was having this feeling of being really stuck and not having enough hours to do my work. And we know this is especially for many entrepreneurs who aren't known for their patients. I mean, I definitely raised my hand on that one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm with so, you, man. So we can reframe this to I am in a season that has an end. There's something that I need to learn before I can move on. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. And I try really hard to like make that my m- mantra, you know, it's like yes. I do. I mean, I really tell myself, you know, th- this is a season I'm in that things will change, but I'm also okay with where I'm at. After all, I'm taking care of a parent. So, you know, it's just life. And let's talk about the practical step, okay? Always be learning. You know, always, always be learning. Look for courses, books, podcasts, anything where you can get your hands-on material that'll help you expand your horizon. And just because you're an expert at something doesn't mean you're gonna stay the expert. You know, Kami and I have worked really hard to get to where we're at, but guess what? Someone can knock us down and take over so easily if we don't really work hard at it. And so when you get to that place of being stuck, like you have to like really work on still be working hard towards your dream and to the things you're trying to do in life. And so, you know, one example that came to me being, you know, an expert, not only with Twitter, but I've, I've been teaching a course the last couple of years on video and live video, my video like a rock star course. And I started it two years ago. I had to take a little bit of a break last year dealing with the death of a parent and then taking care of the other parent. So I had to kind of put some things on the back burner, that being one of them. But in this new year in 2020, I want to restart the video like a rock star program. But you know, like a year's gone by and I'm not up on everything to make me still be the expert. And an example would be Ecamm, which I love, and we use Ecamm to record this podcast, but they have a new thing called, well, it's not super new, but it's called Ecamm Live. And they've done a lot to really build up this live stream platform. And I finally purchased it, but I want to learn how to use it and I want to do it quickly. So I actually Mm -hmm. signed up for a course. Okay. And some people may go, well, why is Madeline taking a course on using a live stream video tool when she teaches people how to do this stuff? But sometimes, you know, we have to still be learning and we got to be up to speed on everything. And so I am taking a class right now just so I can shortcut, which, you know, when you look, step back from this, what is this doing? This is allowing me to not spend more hours on something 
which is taking me away from my loved one, taking me away from doing things, fulfilling my dream. Why not shortcut it by spending a little bit of money? And this was not a big investment at all. I think it was like $99. And it's going to save me so much time. So really, I look at it where I'm going to be ahead, not not like, oh, I'm losing $99. I'm gaining the freedom to learn this so quickly that it will help me in exponential ways. Does that make sense, Kimmy? Oh, it does completely. I've done this for years. So I do not think it's a sign of weakness to take a course. In fact, I feel like taking courses, if you expect people to take your courses, if you're a course maker, why wouldn't you take other people's courses? It makes no sense not to. And not even in your own niche, but in other niches. Like what if you want to learn more about brain science or something like that? Like I love brain science. As you guys know, you hear I'm always talking about this law and that law. (laughs) And the reason why I even know about this stuff is because I've spent a ton of time thinking about that. I haven't taken a specific course, but I've definitely read a bunch of stuff and books. Definitely too. I've read a ton of books around this subject. So I feel like you definitely need to constantly be expanding your horizons, especially if you feel stuck. You may need to just get a different perspective on something to see it a different way. It's kind of like light. You know, you're going to see something different if you hold it this way versus that way. So I feel like those reflections of what you see and what you're trying to learn are so important. So always be learning, always be curious. That will get you unstuck in a minute. I told Madeline when we were kind of preparing for this episode that there about five years ago, maybe six at this point, I felt that too. I felt like I was really stuck at a specific moment. And I didn't know what I wanted to do next. And I didn't want to didn't know what I wanted to look like. But I knew I needed to like change. I knew there needed to be a change. And so I got a coach and I she ended up not being the right coach for me. But I always am looking for ways to make the change, you know, so I think there's never mistakes, though, you know, you can always learn something from every situation that you've ever been in. So that being said, we're down to our sixth obstacle and how to overcome it. Imposter syndrome. Ooh. So we've talked about this before, but it's so easy to feel like you're an imposter. The best way to overcome this is to keep taking action. Also, never try to teach something you haven't done yourself. I think that's really important. I do know that a lot of people say fake it till you make it. I've even said that, but I mean about your own personal self, not about the things that you know. You have to know what you're talking about before you kind of put it out there. But if you feel like that you don't, I'm just committed to staying one step ahead of my customers and I'll always be learning from them what they need next. So that's how you reframe that. Instead of thinking, I'm not good enough, I don't know enough, think I'm committed to staying one step ahead of my customers and will always be learning from them. And also we talked about in the last obstacle, which is that feeling stuck, keep getting that education. It's the same, it's the same steps, guys. Are you seeing this? Does it sound, Madeline, does it sound like we're like doing a theme here? A little bit. Yeah, Yeah, it sure does. (laughs) So the practical step, you want to teach your students or your followers or whoever, you know, whoever you're talking to, to do what you've always done. So like if you just want to do, teach them what you just did, you know, so you're going to go learn more about Ecamm. That's great. You already know a lot about video and like delivering mm-hmm. video. Yeah. So now you're going to be able to recommend a tool if you have a Macintosh, you know, because you have to have a Mac computer to use Ecamm. So people will be able to use that tool and you'll know much more about it. So you, you just teach your students to do what you've just done. Exactly. And always That's be taking perfect. risks and making mistakes so your students don't have to. That's usually what I say to my social media crowd. I'm like, listen, I have all this stuff. I'm always doing stuff to teach you so that you don't have to make the same mistakes I make. And I just own my mistakes as a positive thing. 
you know, because yeah. if I made the mistake, then I can teach you how not to make that mistake. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm so glad we're talking about imposter syndrome. It's so easy for us to get wrapped up in that. We feel like we don't know enough or we're not good enough. You know, I've been the Twitter go-to gal for social media examiner for many years, I think like five years now, a long time. Long time. But I work really hard to stay up on everything so I know more than everyone else so I can come on their programs and talk about it. And they do their weekly talk show. And from time to time, if there's new Twitter features or something going on at Twitter, they bring me on to talk about it. And I will spend hours, we're talking hours, researching, knowing everything about it forwards and backwards so that I can talk about it clearly and know more about it than anyone else. But there are times where, Kimmy, I still get a little nervous. You know, it's like that nervous excitement, but still like, you know, I'll say to myself, do I really know this stuff? I mean, it's easy for all of us to get caught up in imposter syndrome, but I try to reframe it very quickly and tell myself, I've worked really hard at this. I know this stuff. I know I'm going to be able to share stuff that will help people today. And that's a great way to reframe it. Right. And I also want to say that you have to be willing to also say, I don't know from yes. time to time. When you don't think, know, yeah, that's when the fake it till you make it, that doesn't work. You don't sit here and make up BS. That never works. No. Just own own up that you don't know that, but then say, I, that great question. I don't know that, but I'll go find out and get back to you. Yeah. It's a great way to do it. I mean, we've learned that in public. I've been in public relations for years and years, and it's one of the first things that we learn about dealing with the media, because there's that feeling that you have to know it all. They'll say, well, do you know about this tool? And if you say no, they're like, oh, you think that they're thinking, wow, that's not much of an expert. She doesn't even know about right. that tool. I learned really early on that you just have to say, you know what? I haven't heard about that tool. That sounds really interesting. You know, what do you think of it? And they may have some ideas or whatever. And maybe you will go research it. You don't always have to go back, by the way, and research everything people say. But you do have to have the humility to say, hey, you know, I don't know everything. And people love you for that. I mean, that's really what is the makes you a real person, <laughs> makes you a for real sure. person that you don't know everything. So anyway, we talked in depth about imposter syndrome in episode 58. That was a long time ago. It was. But it still holds true because it's still the same. And we go very deep into imposter syndrome in that episode. So if that's one of the things you kind of struggle with, please um, take a minute to go back to 58 and listen to that episode. It's a really good one. So we have an action. What we are you do. Gonna do we always have an action because we love action takers. So for this episode, we want you to pick one or more of these potential stumbling blocks to your success and pick one. And let's talk about it in the Facebook group. You know, what can you do to overcome it? We want to have a, a fun discussion and try to help each other out with this. Yeah. And we have all these practical steps in this episode. So we've also put all of these practical steps in our show notes. So you can go to the show notes at communitiesthatconvert.com and take a look at this episode 121. And you, we spell it out, episode 121. So you just slash episode 121. And you'll be able to read all of those practical steps that you can take on for your own use. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, this is Madeline. And I want to let you know you can connect with us on our website at communitiesthatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode. And we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar. That's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. And also to Cami. Her Twitter handle is at CamiChat. And that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. Hey, Madeline, don't forget... 
We want to give a shout out to our friend Todd Giantasio from the Growth Suite, who sponsors the Communities That Convert website. Yeah, if you want to learn how to position yourself as an authority and get found online, check them out at thegrowthsuite.com. And that's suite spelled S-U-I-T-E. Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cami through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Thank you.